0: <laughs> great i'm gonna launch in then because we're here let's do it you ready yeah you look ready oh, right? you look festive hey you're wearing your um your miller light uh brooklyn nets
1: sweater i've been wearing this for like two days yeah simon
0: was wearing it yesterday <laughs> amazing all right we're gonna start uh simon
2: why don't you welcome people back All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your
0: host, William, with my co-host, Simon
2: McCormack. Nets Nation, let's unveil that championship banner.
0: (laughs) We are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation this is a historic day in Nets history. (laughs) We don't have a top 10 NBA team in Brooklyn. We have the number one team in all of Brooklyn, and who better to revel in the glory of Nets' success with than friend of the cast, draft guru, and most importantly, Nets' superfan, James! James! Kelly! <laughs> in
1: two, and <laughs> oh.
0: two in a row! Two, and not just two, two 20-point victories in a
1: row. This is one of our longest winning streaks in the Brooklyn era.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the first time in, like, five years that we've started 2-0. Because I, I can't imagine we started that way, like, at the beginning of uh, the, the Sean Marks Era, right? And no, I mean, all right.
0: So this is the Overactions podcast. We we by no means does anything that we say here have anything to do with objective reality. Okay, this is a Homer podcast (laughs) through and through, (laughs) where we revel in in the glory of this team. Everything is going to be hyperbolic. We are going to talk only in superlatives. Um, nothing is reasoned or rational for the next however long this takes and we don't have to be because this team we started this podcast Simon you may remember and the nets weren't a bad team they were the worst team in the nba <laughs> yes <laughs> like,
2: i mean our, our whole go ahead no no go go for it our, our whole motif for this podcast is like a pathetic team <laughs> right right We were
0: watching and getting excited season after season as the Justin Andersons would come in and we would talk ourselves into a Jarrett Jack renaissance and, uh, you know... All the trash of the NBA would wash through Brooklyn, and we would be concerned. Grievous Vasquez we thought was going to be an incredible point guard. Luis Scola we were we were excited about. None of it panned out. We did make the playoffs, surprisingly. Um, with my man D'Lo, who, James, we're not even going to talk <laughs> D'Lo today because uh, this is good vibes yeah. only, okay? Good vibes yeah.
1: only. No, we're, we're done with
0: that. <laughs> yeah. but I we made say, it last year. Yeah, and we made it last year. But in both of those years, winning a game was work for the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. They oh, earned yeah. every W in the column. Now, I, there's not, I mean, the, you don't even have to watch the second half. You know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a BK victory. So before we launch into true Nets overreactions, James, you're a lifelong Nets fan, right? So I just wanted to hear a little bit about what it was like growing up a Nets fan. There have been a couple highs, uh, the J-Kid Nets. But it's been a lot of down, a lot of pain, a lot of sadness. I'd like to hear a little bit about that before we get into this Nets team. And I want to hear where you think they rank historically and sort of teams
1: you've you've rooted for over the years. Well, the, in 99% of the teams I've rooted for over the years have just been mostly sadness, pain and sadness. <laughs> because that's that's life as a Brooklyn Nets fan until Carrie Irving blessed us with his conspiracy theories and flat earth and Right. And, and this is yesterday I was speechless. Game one against the Warriors, I was speechless. <laughs> I was yelling at my TV, but for the first time I was yelling positive things. <laughs> Never <laughs> in my fan <laughs> history have I ever yelled anything positive at a TV screen like that. <laughs> I remember for years, for years I would look at the schedule and try to find where our next win would be. And now I'm looking, I don't know where our next loss is going to be.
0: Right. (laughs) You're like, oh, come on. When do we get to play a depleted Detroit Pistons team? An (laughs) injury-ridden team? Because we could maybe, maybe push it to a a nail-biter in the fourth quarter against that squad.
2: I I remember praying for the Cavs several years. Yes,
0: yes. Uh, (laughs) So, of – of all the Nets teams you've rooted for, James, is this the one you have the highest expectations for?
1: By far. By far. <laughs> I, the, the Darren Williams, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Andre Karolenko, Jason Terry team, they had a lot of high expectations, but you know, you could kind of see how that could all just like be a dumpster fight. It, it wasn't a complete surprise to everyone that that, that, that blew up in flames. This one. <laughs> This one, I mean, I, the the sky is the limit. Not only do we look like the best offensive team in the league, but we also look like the best defensive team in the league too. With Joe <laughs> Harris, bona fide lockdown defender, right, it up on the wing. Uh, I
0: I mean, I know it's only two games in, but is it too soon to start saying potential defensive player of the year candidate Joe Harris?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it, if not him, then, then KD and Kyrie's probably winning MVP too. Kyrie's gonna put up the first sixty, 60 60-60-90 season. <laughs> I, I'm speechless. I can't even believe Kyrie Irving
0: seventy seven percent effective field goal percentage. <laughs> that's
1: is, good. It, is it
0: sustainable? That's really good. Of course, it is. <laughs> it's the overreaction podcast. Of course, <laughs> that's sustainable. <laughs>
1: But if you had to say over under, over under, Kyrie Irving field goal percentage fifty percent, you're taking me over, right? <laughs> At this
2: point, I mean, yeah. it's, it, it would have to plummet for it, it would... to get to get to under fifty. It, it, it would be um, no. I mean, it, that's incredible. I, I I think one of the biggest things, William, that you hit on is we kind of knew that the offense, or we we hoped anyway, that the offense was going to be good. But we said a number of times on this podcast that we were worried about the defense. I, I, and I still think we do need, like, a, an Aaron Gordon or some kind of big wing defender. I do think we're, we should look into that and continue to, to explore those options. But, but one of the biggest things is, like, we thought, or at least I thought, that Kevin Durant was probably going to be a negative on defense. And uh, he seems like he's a positive on defense. Like, not, not only, you know, he's getting steals. He, he was a big part of guarding Tatum last night. Um uh he looks like Ben Simmons out there. Yeah, he's I mean right he's he's on the perimeter and 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 making things difficult but he's also like another line of of defense um uh by the basket with with Jared Allen or with DeAndre. Um so that's been a huge uh, pleasant surprise so far. So It's just been amazing.
0: The MVP <laughs> it, let's say MVP ballots had to be in today <laughs> right <laughs> like i know scary terry had a big game but they but they lost but the hornets lost to the to the Cavs in that one who's getting it is it i mean the nets have two contenders but who's yeah who do you think it's Kyrie over kd
2: i, th- I think it's a co-mvp uh, I think narratively it's better to give it to, to Kevin Durant. But I, I think and I think he's the better defensive player over the last two games. But but I think but I think I mean you just said it's seventy seven percent and he's averaging what like twenty He's averaging thirty one
0: point five points, six assists, five rebounds and shooting seventy seven percent effective field goal percentage. The guy shooting over sixty percent from three.
2: Right, that that's an MVP year, <laughs> and I got him for like thirty nine dollars in an auction. Line. Oh man, I know <laughs> I I picked the wrong year to have Kyrie on the team.
0: Um, now I know it's pretty rare that a team goes completely undefeated, but is that <laughs> is that a possibility for this Nets <laughs> team?
1: If Karis Levert doesn't turn it over seven times, yes. <laughs>
0: Okay, all right. We we got through 10 minutes of all positivity, okay? (laughs) But it's the 10-minute mark. You brought up Karis LeVert.
2: And here I
0: am, dark (laughs) cloud that I am, wet blanket that I am, shit talker that I am. Karis LeVert. (laughs) Let's talk about our third star for a second, James. Now, don't worry. We'll still be positive throughout the game. Mm -hmm. And he scored a lot of buckets. Seems like he's a little bit of a ball hog this season in the second
2: year. Well, how
1: do we know that that's not what, you know, Coach Kyrie told him to do? (laughs) That's some third-eye shit right there. It is. I mean, he looks – he doesn't look bad. He doesn't look bad. He looks like he's not surrounded by anyone else on the – he looks like he's playing back with the, you know, the the summer league in Orlando. Not summer league. The bubble in Orlando team. And he basically is on the bench. You know that that our bench is not that far away from him, even though it is that great. Don't get me wrong, but still, there's not another ball handler there for him. And I think that maybe they need to s- spend some time with Spencer Dimwitty and Karis Levert together on the bench. Yeah, because I'm starting to worry about Spencer
2: if he's going to average six points and four assists all year. Oof. On on horrible shooting. Um, but but I I will say though on on the Spencer front, like he. He started really slow last year. I know because I angrily dropped him from the fantasy my fantasy team, <laughs> and then uh, went on to average, you know, 20 points. So, not that he's going to do that this year, but I, I do think he has a, a little bit of a history of starting slow, and he's he's had to adjust more than Karis LeVert. I feel like to, to how to how to play, because um, he's mostly playing with the with the starters. Uh, William, I think to your concerns about Karis, I I share them. I, I do think that he's going to have to like. Because the second unit players are not going to want to co- go out there and, and play hard on defense um, and give it their all if they're just never touching the ball. Um, and I think he, I think he probably will get better at that. I mean, like in the, to use your point, uh, James, about the, the bubble team, like he was averaging ten assists, close to ten assists a game in in the bubble games pre and and post playoffs. Um, so he can, he can get assists and, 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 and share the ball. Um, and I actually looked, you know, he had a terrible shooting game the first game. He had a huge number of turnovers in the second game. But his numbers are not terrible right now. And, and he's in the positive, uh, you know, in the plus-minus uh,
0: game. Would either of you like to guess what his usage rate is in the <laughs> in 2021 season?
2: Uh, can I guess 34
0: Thirty-four. Oh, I was
1: going to say the sixties. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> he, he, yeah, it's the same as uh, as Kyrie Irving's effective field goal percentage, seventy-seven. No, it's uh, it's thirty-four
2: point three. Yeah. Wow. It's, good job.
0: That's uh, that's James Harden territory right there.
2: Well, he is the James Harden of the Nets bench.
0: So now you two are both bigger fans of Karis LeVert than <laughs> than I am. Uh, I think uh, I think that's not going to shock <laughs> anyone. Um, you guys have have always imagined that he is going to break out into to an all star. Did you ever imagine that he was just going to turn into Lou Williams?
1: You can take this one, James. Well, I mean, in the deep, dark recesses of my mind, <laughs> yes, that thought came to me <laughs> occasionally. Um, and you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm really okay with it because it looks – I mean, it makes sense because when he comes out, he just goes so hard yeah. at these you know, bench scrubs – they don't know what to do. They just, they're fresh out the G league in Boston and they just don't even know how to handle him. And so i I think it's, I think it's a stroke of genius by Steve Nash a little bit to put him off the bench because I do think that he would have struggled. Struggled in the starting the unit, you think the shoot numbers are, you know, the man can only, yeah, yeah. He was struggling in the starting unit because we all know what his catch and shoot numbers. The man can only hit a three pointer if he dribbles it four times before he shoots it. But, um, <laughs> I mean, look, it's, it's, it's so far it's working. Okay, despite the seven turnovers last night, it is working. And mm-hmm. he's, he's he like you said, his, his stats are pretty good and his PDR is the highest of his career. So until until that starts looking bad, um, I'm gonna be okay with this. And I think that, you know, if your if your secondary ball handler is Torian Prince, then there's gonna be a
2: lot of turnovers. And and that's just something we had to accept. <laughs> yeah. yeah, can I mean Torian's another one that, that I, I feel our overreaction and incredibly positive Podcast has turned negative quickly, but just just to talk about Torian. I, I will just say my my one quick thing about Torian is that I think his his uh, inability to hit two pointers has continued into the, the first two games of, of this year. It's very worrying.
0: Yeah. What do you th- What have you thought about Torian so far, James? And 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 uh, follow the old adage that if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. But but, but do try to summon a,
1: a response here. Yeah. Well, he he has an MBA body. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I can't say I can't say much else. <laughs> I, I I would add that he looks like he should be good at defense.
0: Yes, and he does seem to bring a uh, like. I think he's aware of how important it is for him to do anything on the defensive end. So he is bringing some energy. Yes, I think it, it, I think the problem may be that he's is just not that good at defense. <laughs> Like I mean, James, you're right, and I think that, that that that's what what's throwing people off is because you look at him, and you're like, he has every tool, theory, abstractly, theoretically, to be able to to defend the hell out of people. Uh, he's tall, rangy, theoretically quick. He's strong. Um, he can jump, but it doesn't really seem to
1: to translate to effective defense. It definitely doesn't, and I, I just wanted to—if he can shoot threes right at a decent level, then that's all we need for him. And well, not—I not, mean, look, I think he's going to get traded at this point. <laughs> like he just doesn't—he doesn't have a place on the team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. If he can't be that wing stopper, or if KD is our wing stopper, right? Because we need to be rationally positive. I mean, KD is our KD is our lockdown defender and and number one option on offense. If KD can be that, then we don't need Torian. And we should be exploring a way to move him and just upgrade from him. Maybe ignore all this James Harden stuff because the rest of the team is looking really good. Yeah. And just upgrade from Torian to someone who's a little bit better, like a Harrison Barnes, maybe um, Otto Porter, one of my favorites. Okay, so you're
0: thinking like a a three, potentially four style player in exchange for Torian. Okay. Absolutely. I I mean, I think they're hard to get. And I don't know yeah. how I don't know how enticing uh, Torian is to other teams I, right now. I,
2: I or, or the thirtieth pick in
0: the draft, or the <laughs> right. We
2: got I think we'd have to sweeten it with a Spencer or something. We'd have to give somebody a value. Um, um, can I, mean, I can I mention someone who I wouldn't yeah. mind um, oh, seeing
0: no. on a new team?
2: Is it going to hurt our feelings?
0: No, it's not. I'm positive. Oh, if I'm okay. positive. But um, I gotta qu- I have to wonder why Landry Shamit is getting <laughs> as many minutes as he is. Uh, and I got two names of people who I feel like should maybe get some of those Shamit minutes. Um, yeah. Bruce Brown and Timothy Luawu Cabareau. Those guys, I mean, they're just coming in in garbage time, which there's a lot of in Nets games because we blow everyone out because we're the best team in the NBA. Uh, but this is it's easy to transition to a podcast about the best team in the NBA. I kind of like this. Um, but Brown, uh, Bruce Brown and TLC have looked, both of them, have looked good off the bench, particularly TLC. Uh, but, again, they're only coming in in garbage time. But those are are guys that just – at this point, like, Shamit seems to bring nothing on defense. There was that that play yesterday in the first half when it was still kind of close and it wasn't um, apparent that we were going to go on to just absolutely destroy Boston on their home (laughs) court Um, that uh, Jason Tatum did like a really (laughs) – not even that, you know, crafty of a backdoor cut. And Chammut was just sort of standing there and, and Tatum got that layup. Uh, and, you know, if he's bringing very little on the defensive end and can just serve as like a hypothetically good uh, three-point shooter spacer, I don't know. I feel like I just feel like TLC and Brown can bring a lot more that the Nets might need. We have a lot of shooters thoughts anyone agree with me on that
1: i agree i agree and I, i'm not gonna lie he was giving me some uh some alan crabb flashbacks oh <laughs> and i hate, oh, to, I hate no. to, to bring up that name <laughs> on the day of the lord right. but, but,
2: the, <laughs> yeah. but okay here's here's one way that he will to, to keep it positive he will never be like alan Crab. is that he's on his rookie deal he's not making 18 million dollars a year we we didn't just eat up our cap space um, to sign a neurotic nut. Uh, and uh, I also, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would be fine trading Shamit. I I just think that, yes, I think we need a wing defender. Um, as I said to you, William, yesterday, I, I do feel like physical teams are going to an issue for us. Joe's, the Heat, the you know Lakers, those types of teams that are just very, very physical are gonna be a, a problem for us, I think. But but um I'm, wrong I'm no totally. one's gonna
0: be a problem for us, Simon.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Remember, three is more than two. Three
0: is more than two. <laughs> it's really simple math, Simon.
2: Yeah, that is true. Uh go ahead.
0: So you think so. Who would you prefer in that, Brown or, Brown or TLC?
2: Who are um, you higher on, Brown? I cannot believe we're not putting Brown in there. He is he is a good defender, um, and we don't need that much more offense. I think Brown makes a lot of sense because he's also kind of a point guard,
1: and you can play him next to Karras and make – Take that, take that load off of Kara so that he's not, you know, just driving into the lane with five other people <laughs> collapsing on him.
0: Four point three percent <laughs> usage <laughs> rate. And I think it's just going to go up from here. I mean, especially if it's it continues to be effective, in which case, you know, you can't really complain about it. Um, it's all it's right. definitely been effective. Yeah, it's been effective for sure. No, he's had he's – had, uh, his plus-minus stuff looks really good. the The defensive rating of that second unit is actually great. Uh, Kerris's defensive rating when he's on the court has been it's been like eighty-eight points or something like that, which is really like wow, really solid. Uh, there's a twenty net differential when he's on the court, which is crazy. Um, That's great. How about? One one little sign of life. I'm going to spin this. This is this is the, the the sort of thorn in my side that that I can't bring up, uh, help but bring up every episode. But I'm going to bring it up in a in a positive way. How how um, nice was it to see that in the closing unit before they brought in the garbage? Uh, you know, the but they were playing garbage time yesterday. In the closing unit, it was KD Kyrie Dinwiddie. Joe Harris and not the starting center DeAndre Jordan but instead the backup center Jarrett Allen. That's that's a positive he, thing, right? That's a huge positive. He looked
1: amazing. I know. He looked amazing. <laughs> I completely With the agree. Afro and the, and the, just the swag. Oh my god. He team is go- iconic.
2: already (laughs) he he i've been thrilled to see how he's reacted to to being the illegitimate um, bench center uh i like i think he's been he's been you know he's gotten 11 rebounds in both games he's like getting almost as many offensive rebounds as defensive rebounds they seem to just say like everyone else runs back on on uh defense when when there's a when when annette puts up a shot and Jarrett just stays there to try to battle the like four other opposing players for the rebound.
0: No, and that's and that's a, a great point and something that I always think of as a, sort of a positive sign when you see your center getting a rebound and at least three players from the other team battling to get the rebound, and Jarrett just finds himself in that situation all the time. He doesn't necessarily always get the rebound, but just that he's there and they're that afraid that he is, and they have to divert that much attention to Jared Allen to try to stop him from getting rebounds is a super positive sign. In addition to which, he's just a block. I mean, is he going to lead the league in blocks this year?
2: He had four <laughs> yeah. yesterday. If he's playing against benches, yeah, maybe. <laughs> he's averaging two. Yeah. I, he's been, yeah, he, he has been great. Um, I I also just like, I know all the sort of, pundits have have said this about Kevin Durant, but as someone who hasn't watched a lot of Kevin Durant basketball, um, before he came, it's incredible to see, like, both, like, a seven-footer shoot threes and be an incredible shooter and and be as fast and as agile as he is, and also just when he needs to, use his seven feet and whatever it is, seven-five, seven-six, um... Uh, wingspan to just like if if he's around the rim you can't really stop him like you can't there's no one who can really challenge his his shot absolutely it's also just amazing to have an actual power forward on the (laughs) next
1: for once in the last we've been searching for one since Sean Marks joined us okay since we traded Thad Young we've been searching for a power forward we finally have one and it's Kevin Durant (laughs) (laughs) it's just amazing
2: yeah, yeah. We've gone from Trevor Booker to Kevin Durant.
1: The way he just shoots over people. like with, It happened with Tristan Thompson. It happened with Grant Williams. He just pulls up and just shoots over them. LeBron, LeBron can't do that. No, he can't. But let me, let's <laughs> imagine that <no>, he can't. <laughs> no, but there's no
0: one who you see pull up from like four feet behind the thing with a center guarding them that you have more confidence that the shot is going to effortlessly go in. Like, it just yeah. looks effortless with him. And that's the thing. You know, last season, I can't tell you how many times my entire body clenched up when I saw either Spencer Dinwiddie or Karis Lavert behind the three-point line squaring up to take a shot. And it was just like, you're positive it's not going in. Now, every single time the ball releases from KD or Kyrie's hands, I'm pretty confident it's going in. No part of me is like, oh, that's a that's a misguided shot. It's like, yeah, feel yeah. free take it. One hundred percent of the time, it's <laughs> almost certainly going to be
1: going in. They're both shooting sixty percent
0: from three so far. I know. <laughs> now a lot, like let's say um, all of basketball history would suggest that that's not a sustainable number. But I want to <laughs> suggest something to you both here today. Maybe it is. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, again, there's a lot of room to fall from 60 percent and still have an amazing three point percentage. Absolutely, and I don't know. I'm looking at the
1: schedule. I'm not. I'm not scared of Devonte Graham putting a hand in Kyrie's face. I'm not scared of uh, whoever it is. They're starting P.J. Washington putting a hand in in, in uh, KD's face. You know, I'm not scared of. Is Kyle Anderson still on the on the Grizzlies? Yeah, I don't, he's not maybe. doing anything to Kevin Durant when he decides to pull up and just shoot it. You don't think slow-mo can keep up with him? I, I don't think slow-mo can keep up with DeAndre.
2: But. <laughs> <laughs> really? <James>.
0: That's unfair. <laughs> DeAndre is immobile, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I think, that, But back to what you were saying about Jared Allen, I just think it's both games, Jared Allen has played more minutes than DeAndre Jordan. And as long as he's playing more minutes and as long as he's finishing the games, it really doesn't matter who starts. You know, it doesn't matter. We could, we could start DeAndre Jordan. We can pat him on his back and, you know, and, and, and stroke his dreadlocks and say, Hey, it's okay. (laughs) You can be the starter. And then, and then, you know, just like, then, then just, you know, pull his Jersey over his head and put Jared Allen in the fourth quarter and everything's
2: fine. Do you, James, do you think he may grow frustrated with, with his role on this team, despite being catered to with, with the starting role? Like he's, he's. I don't know. I think he had zero points in the, the first game and four points. in the, No, he didn't have zero last game. I think he had zero in one of the, the preseason games. But he's, he's, I don't know, getting like four points a game and, you know, a few rebounds. But he's certainly not really very involved.
0: A technology up upgrade. Uh, all right, we're back. And we've got the DeAndre Jordan question for you, James.
1: scary. <laughs> uh, it scares me. It definitely that scares me, but also I, I have no issues trading DeAndre Jordan in a first round pick for almost anyone else in the league. <laughs> almost <laughs> any other player in the NBA. I just I just do it so fast you could. It's just yeah. It's it's an issue. Don't get me wrong. It's an issue. But I imagine. But KD and Kyrie they can they can definitely handle that. And clearly Steve Nash has eyes and he sees that Jared Allen is better and that's why he's playing more minutes. So I mean I think if if DeAndre wants to you know live in a world of of fantasy, then we can let him do that somewhere else. <laughs> that's how I feel. I, and I don't think that'll that'll upset Katie and Carrie if it comes if it comes down to that. It's just clear.
0: No, I think that's totally true. And Simon has, has long felt this, and I think a lot of other people do. But you know, Kevin Durant at the end of the day is like eats. Drinks, breathes basketball, cares only about basketball. I, I know you're going to say DeAndre. I know, and <laughs> KD, but KD, you know he he surely is going to realize, hey, when mm-hmm. I'm playing defense with Jared Allen, it's a lot easier than when I'm playing with a center who just stands under the basket waiting to get a a, a rebound. You know. Like it's just going to make his life easier to the point that he, I I feel like he really is just going to be like you know what DJ we're you know boys but this Jarrett's got to start and I I agree with you James I there you couldn't name a DeAndre Jordan trade that I disliked I mean any <laughs> anyone Frank Nilakina for DJ straight up I'm, I'm in. Easy, yeah, bring back, No, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Simon, you may have found it. The uh the Bos- the hunchback of Bosnia, I don't think I need a a, a, a second time on this team.
2: he um, got cut by the Pistons. I hope yeah, big time for the for the Moose Meister. Yeah, the
0: Moose Meister <laughs> is adrift right now, unmoored, <laughs> untethered in the NBA team, and it doesn't sound like any Euro team wants him either. But do you, have you thought of any uh, potential DeAndre Jordan trades that, that might make sense? Or do you think it, it, it's a real possibility that he could get moved, considering his relationship with those two guys?
1: My, my dream is always that, that a James Harden trade involves DeAndre Jordan instead of Jared Allen. But that's just, that's just a pipe dream. But, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's so difficult to find one for him because he does have those three years left on his deal. So you, you you're looking at you know, maybe two first rounders attached to him, <laughs> maybe two first rounders. You know, you know, <laughs> right?
0: Sean Marks hates hates first round picks, so he's got no oh, yeah. issue getting off those.
1: Absolutely, he traded this year for for Landry twenty nine percent from T. Shaman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a clear. I, I mean, in in their defense, Sadiq Bay isn't getting a lot of run in Detroit right now, which isn't a great he sign. Isn't.
1: And I also understood the logic behind the trade. Like, it makes sense that you want to you wanna get tr- cheap contributors, right? But you want to you wanna make sure that they're actually a contributor and not some rookie who's going to be a deer in the headlights and not know what to do. And at least Landry Shamet, like, you know, hypothetically, he's supposed to be a great shooter. He was a great shooter in Philly. He was a great shooter in L.A. He was a great shooter in college. So he should you know, pick it up in Brooklyn. Once he gets rid of whatever these yips are, or if Karras actually starts passing in the ball, (laughs) he should, he should hypothetically, you know, creep that field goal three point percentage up to 40%. And once he does that, then I don't think anybody is really complaining about him at all. Right now. It's just the issues that he's not, he's not really coming off screens well, but also they're not really setting him up. And he's had to take a lot of like, you know, like these sort of like contested jump shots at the end of the shot clock because Karras couldn't get where he wanted to get. I don't know. They need to do something about that second unit of the, even though it is it is really good. And you know the the media says the media finally is giving that some praise and telling us how great our second unit is, but I, I I could see it being a little unsustainable if it's only going to just be Karis the dribbles 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 and issues. shoots. <laughs>
2: right. Yeah, I, and I mean I I think he and and Jarrett um, are are good hope for that right doing doing the pick and roll because those two. Have a good have a good chemistry together. Uh, how do you think? So the the sort of common take on 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 the Nets is that they have the depth that will allow them to hopefully, when they rest, uh, KD and Kyrie, and or when they get hurt, um, they will have enough to kind of you know beat a lot of teams. Or do you see anything that that? makes you worried about that including this second unit
1: no i think i think that's legit I, and I, I i understand but i really i really understand a lot of those uh, the idea of keeping the depth even though it's going to cost 200 million dollars starting this season and but i also understand the idea of just going all in on james harden and then you know you can rest you can rest kd and carry and then play james harden one night and then the next night rest james harden and kd and play just carry you know, like, you could do it the same way with those three stars as you could do it with Spencer Dimwitty, Terry Prince, and Karis in my opinion. Sure, sure. Uh,
0: you So, James Harden has been mentioned J- by James at least four or five times this podcast. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, so, other than a, a sharing a first name with the guy, what uh, what do you think is most intriguing about James Harden potentially coming and and are you um, I don't know what what's your your feeling on whether the Nets are actually going to make a move to try to go for him or not
1: I think I think they're actively trying to go for him you know they're actively trying to go for him and he's trying he's actively trying to come here and why wouldn't he? New York has some of the best clubs gentlemen's clubs in the world. <laughs> <laughs> actually crazy story I did one time when I was out with my friends, run into James Harden at a club in New York City. That was last year before the pandemic. <laughs> he was uh, he was there. He was there in a hoodie. He was there in a hoodie trying to hide, but his massive beard nobody can he right. can never hide. So and the fact so, yeah. that
0: he's like six foot six, probably. Uh, he, he's hoping. not that tall.
1: Oh really? Actually, he's not that tall. No, he was just there. He was trying to like blend into the crowd, and then someone was like, "Yo, that's James Harden," <laughs> and
0: uh, then all the okay. bouncers. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, amazing! I want, I want some details. What club are we talking about? <laughs> I'm sure it's one William can, and I are can, familiar can, with. Can but Simon just...
2: and I come next time? <laughs> <laughs> so that mid thirties too old to start clubbing?
1: <laughs> well,
2: I mean, right. is this is a prerequisite
0: 30s? to get in, or
1: <laughs> no? Actually, I was so I was just I, I had bought a ticket to go see. I don't even remember who it was. It was some some sort of like middling rapper at at Up and Down, which is a club on like I want to say like West 14th Street. And so we get there and we're like, you know, you buy the tickets and you have to show up early and you get a couple free drinks if you show up early. So me and my friends were hanging out with downstairs or just and then we get kicked out, right? We get kicked out of the downstairs like lounge area. And we're like, What why are you guys kicking us out? And so we start to hear this rumor that Kevin Durant and Rihanna were coming downstairs and that's why everyone got kicked out. And I'm like, okay, I had no idea that this was some sort of upscale like famous person, uh, club. And so we go upstairs and, you know, they do the concert and, and all of a sudden I hear people screaming, James Harden, James Harden, James (laughs) Harden. And it's literally, literally standing right there on top of like a club, you know, like a club, like, uh, what do you call it? Coffee table. I don't know what you, whatever you call it. Yeah. It's James Harden in a, in a dark green hoodie. <laughs> and, and, and like just mobs of people trying to shake his hand. <laughs> <laughs> but no one could get to him. And, and, you know, for a while I thought to myself, I was like, there's no way that was James Harden. There's no way that was James Harden. But then, you know, I get, I get bored and I walk out. I walk out of the, of the club and, and I literally walking in, I brush shoulders with him. It's Kevin Knox. Who was 19 at the time, by the way, (laughs) walking into (laughs) walking into the club, biggest human being I ever seen in my entire life, and yeah, that's my story. (laughs) Oh wow, that's so cool. I mean, nuts. Yeah, Kevin Knox.
0: What a thrill. That guy's not very good at basketball. (laughs)
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <the record.
0: laughs> um, okay, we're back from the system overload. And what were you talking about? Oh, yeah, Kevin Knox. Wait, you're you're into Kevin Knox all of a sudden.
1: Uh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. He, he seemed like an okay guy when I stood next to him when you for club? a millisecond. <laughs> when we called together. He's... Um, I mean look, he he's another guy. If I had
2: to pick between him and Torian Prince I'm picking him. <laughs> I'll put it that way. There's not a lot of people I wouldn't take over Torian at this point. So, what about John and Musa? Uh yeah, I like Torian better, you're right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the next twelve games. In 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 thirteen games we play the Bucks. I think in in spite of all that we've said. We can at least concede that the Bucks will be a formidable opponent, right? Yes. Probably, you know, obviously we'll beat them, but maybe not by 20 points. Maybe like 15 points or something. Um, I agree. But, yeah, you're right. The schedule going up to them is a cakewalk. We got the Hornets. That Check that one off. Grizzlies. <laughs> we put back-to-back against the Hawks. We play the Wizards, and obviously we're going to put on a show for Bradley Beal to let him know what he's missing, right? Oh, absolutely. We got we have the Jazz and the Sixers, Yawn. Just kidding. Both of those teams are actually pretty good. Uh, we have the Grizzlies, OKC, which basically has a G League team. Uh, the Nuggets, and, you know, not looking so great. They're 0-2 so far. The Knicks and the Magic. What what which one of those games could we possibly lose? Wait, didn't you say
2: the Sixers was one of them? Yeah, I did. And the Jazz. I would say the Sixers and the
0: Jazz.
2: Oh yeah, I think both of those will be will be tough. Those are exactly <laughs> the type of teams I was talking about that, that I think we will have some trouble with.
1: So I don't those know. are going to be. I still first. think the Sixers are dysfunctional.
2: Really? How have they been? And why why why, why didn't you tell been.
0: me that before I dropped fifty dollars with my Antiguan bookie on them winning the entire thing this year? Did you really? Yeah, I, oh, did. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went back to I went back to the Antiguan well, James, and I promised myself I wouldn't do this, but I did. <laughs> they have no bu- uh, They have no almost, problem it, taking it, my money. They just it's have just a problem like... giving it back to me once I once I, once. So.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fool, fool me once. Bro. I mean, I like I I don't hate them, but I I hate Danny Green. I think he's terrible. I really do and I can't believe they give up a first round pick for him, you know. If that's the best thing you can get for Al Horford, you should probably just keep Al Horford. <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> totally. No, I think I mean I I don't see how you can have watched the playoffs last year and been like, "Yeah, you know what? Danny Green still got it."
1: I mean, what what is it? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like what did <do> he have?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was all right with the Spurs. He was a contributor with, you know, was, that was a decade ago. No, no, no. I know, I know. Kurt Rambis was good for the Lakers. Doesn't mean I want him on the Nets. You know.
2: <laughs> I would take Rambis over Torian Prince. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Current day Rambis.
0: Sure. Mid fifties, maybe sixties. <laughs> yeah,
2: he's you got a good got a good basketball mind. <laughs> he was a goon, <laughs> he, which you like. He, he, yes, I know. He, he knows what spots to be in on the court. You know, that's what people say about incredibly immobile aging players. Yeah. Like I hear that about it, like Millsap, like, well, he knows where he's supposed to be.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. You mean he just has to be, pick one place to be because he can't move to two places? <laughs> I
1: mean, has yes, he's, he's there early just in case, you know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, we could roll into Milwaukee in a couple weeks with a 14 and 0 record. <laughs> knock on wood. No, of course, knock <laughs> yeah. on wood. I mean, I'm confident. I'm confident basically all teams in the East except especially now that we just felled the Celtics. So, mm-hmm. so um emphatically on their home court. It was, I mean, for all the hype and praise Danny Ainge has has gotten over the years, I feel like finally he's getting his comeuppance, right? People are now publicly mocking that, like, every single big player that could be traded for, it's like, oh, Danny Ainge might go for it this time, or is he going to say, you know, keep holding on to the assets? And now they just, you know, they lose Horford, they lose they for nothing, they lose Kyrie for nothing, they lose Hayward for nothing. They're just, they're a mess. And you know what? Unless Jason Tatum
1: becomes an MVP, they got no chance. Yeah, the issue with their team, in my opinion, is, is is half the players on their bench would still be taking gen ed classes in college. You know, like they, they have Aaron Neesmith, Peyton Pritchard, um, Robert, Robert Williams. I almost said Robin Williams. I <laughs> um, who else is on that bench? Grant Williams. Grant, Grant Williams, yeah. It, it's, it's all young guys all young guys and i don't know why that that's the issue is that when you have picks and you refuse to trade them suddenly you have a team full of college students and it doesn't look like you're going to win many games with those college students.
0: <laughs> yeah no the teams in the east now that i'm worried about i are the sixers because i think defensively they could they're really big and they they could present i mean fortunately Ben Simmons can only guard either KD or Kyrie. But the point is, <laughs> you can have a 7-footer guarding either of those guys. And that's a pretty good that's a pretty good tool to have on on either of those guys. But again, there's only there's only one of him. Um but they they still worry me. The Bucks are, you know, I don't know. I'm not
1: I don't yeah. think that they are a super I think, team. I think they'll choke. I think yeah. they'll choke when the time is right. When I look at these teams, and I, I just try to think, like, we saw, we saw Kyrie Irving hit three three-pointers in a row last night. We saw Kevin Durant just, just in the third quarter, just decide, this is my game, and go off. My, when I look at these teams in the East, I ask myself, when Kyrie turns it on, when Katie turns it on, who can keep up? Who can keep up? No one. And everyone's like, "Oh, the defense, oh the defense." But the best defense is a good offense. The best defense is being up by twenty points, <laughs> right? So and, and essentially
0: unguardable on You know, like if yes. if KD and Kyrie are hot, uh, what are you supposed to do? Like if Kyrie, if 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 our offense can be as simple as KD's going to dribble the ball up and. Sp- Decide he'll shoot over whoever you put on him can be Tristan it can be your biggest mm-hmm. guy can be Tristan Thompson leaping towards him right not just like backing off him and and giving him a shot like Tristan Thompson, a seven footer, is jumping towards him and Kevin Durant effortlessly lifts over him and gets off basically an uncontested shot. so what do you do
2: <laughs> yeah I just can't do that. No. And in addition to that, like our defense has looked good. I mean, so far, again, very very early, but we the Warriors shot thirty seven percent against us. The Celtics shot thirty eight percent against us. Both teams struggled from three against us. So, um, you know, there's some early signs, including in the preseason, which I know doesn't matter, but you know that our defense is going to be much much better than we thought.
1: Absolutely. And I, I have a theory about teams, teams like us, <laughs> and teams like like the Warriors, and teams like the Miami Heat of old. Uh, when those teams just start raining threes, it it sucks these other teams into a three point contest, and if the other team is not capable of of even of putting out, you know, thirty five percent plus three point shooters all at every position. They're gonna lose. They're eventually gonna fall behind, and their field goal percentage is gonna plummet just from the just from the fact of them trying to keep up and taking shots that are bad for them but are good for us. And so that's why I really, really want Landry Shamit to go together because <laughs> <instead laughs> if we can, of we can run KD, Landry Shamit, Joe Harris, and run Joe Harris and Landry Shamit around screens like the Miami Heat were doing with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson in the playoffs. This team could be so much more dangerous than that Miami team, which had no business being in these contracts. Well, sports. I was going to
0: ask you, based on, based on that, um, I was going to say I think the only team in the East, if, if that idea is true, that would be a real threat would be the Heat because of their shooting. Are you worried about the Heat?
1: Uh, no, I think the Heat were fluky. I really do. I, I don't think – I mean, Jim, Jimmy Butler apparently doesn't shoot threes anymore. But I, I look, that's something I learned recently. Uh, Duncan Robinson scares me, but if we only have to worry about one guy, then that's okay. And then Tyler Hero is, is like what I like to call a fake shooter. So he's like he's one of those guys where everyone thinks he can shoot because he's white. And don't get me wrong, he can't shoot. <laughs> but he's not, you know, Joe Harris forty four percent. Joe Harris forty three percent. He's more like a thirty eight percent, rounding up. Right. And so that, that no, the Heat don't scare me. That's the thing. It's like I look at these teams, and if and if. if go through who is up. maybe Denver, right? With Michael Porter and Jamal Murray and Jokic. Maybe them. I'm not sure who else.
2: Um, can I Tim Tim Botamps uh, just um, he had a, a, a tweet yesterday that said that uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving each scored 20 points in the second half um, and combined to score those 40 points on 15 for 21 shooting, including six for seven from three. <laughs> um, and the Celtics as a team during that time period scored 41 points total on 15 for 48 shooting and went two for 10 from three. Oh my God. Un- unstoppable.
0: <laughs> so Simon, you've sort of preempted the Simon sends a tweet segment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Usually, Simon texts me a tweet asking asking if we could talk about it. Now he's just bringing tweets up willy nilly. This is wild stuff. Uh, you did you did though, Simon sent me a tweet this week, and it was the maybe ESPN Plus. I I don't know who wrote the article. Best under twenty five ranking each NBA teams in terms of their players under twenty five. Apparently, the Nets. Uh, ranked 16th in this i assume that's largely just based on jared allen but what what was the ranking do you think it's fair either of you would be interested to hear about this
2: go for it james
1: oh uh, yeah no i saw i saw that article and if my math was correct it was like 75 percent jared allen <laughs> 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 which which in my opinion what are the other teams doing? If, if Jared Allen is that is that big of a, a deal that we can be 16th on this list? I couldn't believe you know?
0: we were. I mean, maybe <laughs> maybe people uh, outside of, outside of this podcast are as high on Nick Claxton um, as at least yeah. we are, but I don't think I don't think anyone really gives a shit about Nick Claxton. Reggie Perry
1: was on that list too. Shammit was highly ranked. Oh, shit. And
2: Bruce Brown. And Bench Warmer Bruce Brown is another one that, like, so many people are writing, like, oh, that was a good pickup. He's going to be a rotation guy. You know, he has a higher rating than, yeah. than Shammit. Like.
0: Do you think analytical. the do you think the Bruce Brown thing could could at all be more this sort of like like Hollinger's a big fan of him, right? Thinks he should be a starter. Yeah. Do you think he's just like catnip for the for the analytical community where they're like, Oh yeah, Bruce Brown, huge wingspan, dog of defense, has like great real plus minus figures, he's amazing. But then sort of like no team that he's on ever really wants to play him very much and maybe he's not not that good, or do you think that, that Bruce Brown has a legit chance of actually being as good as like the the uh, Danny Larue's and and uh, John Hollingers make him out
2: to be, right? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I, I I was a big fan of that pickup, so I I hope he can be. But I, I agree with you. I mean, I you know you can say the Pistons are run kind of dumbly, but they did they were okay with trading him to get Musa, who they cut. So. Something's going and a second on. rounder. <laughs> right, and right, and we gave him a second rounder.
1: Well they needed to find roster spots for their five centers. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there's always gonna be casualties like that. It's just it's like when the Knicks wanted roster spots for their five power forwards so they traded Chris Ascosing.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> for Dennis Smith Jr., who is Dennis Smith Jr. playing anymore? Nope. Is he really not? Nope. What happened? Nope. I almost I I don't know. The Knicks happened. <laughs> That's crazy because he came in like really highly touted and and put up like a decent rookie year in in Dallas.
1: He he he's a guy that I think could be a redemption project. Yeah. Same with Frank Milikina. Same with Kevin Knox. Same with half of their roster. Soon soon to be RJ Barrett. <laughs> right. Soon to be RJ Barrett. Yeah.
0: I was I was uh, looking over the box score of their first game, and so I was talking with Simon about this, and I just love that like. The, the the minutes leader, at least like second most minutes on the team, went to Reggie Bullock, which is just <laughs> like so Thibodeau. Like take over a team of young guys that you're supposed to develop, and instead you're just running Reggie Bullock into the ground.
2: He can, I saw a tweet the other day. Sorry to bring up another tweet and to cut up the, the middle process of sending it to you beforehand. Uh, I will return to my normal process next week.
0: <laughs> Thank this you. This is a
2: special episode. Yeah. Um, But it said that that Thibodeau has become much more open to analytics, and particularly the analysis that the human body can play 48 minutes a game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That it's theoretically possible that Reggie Bullock could play 48 minutes a game for 72 straight games, all of which are losses somehow. No, I know. There's some tantalizing pieces on the Knicks. Uh, you mentioned the Detroit centers. It got me thinking I still have hope in, in Jalil Okafor. What about Jalil Okafor for DeAndre Jordan? You think anything like that could ever ever manifest?
1: See, I think Detroit I think Detroit wants more centers. So we probably have to do something like like I don't know, Blake Griffin for DeAndre Jordan. Right. So that they can have seven of them. <laughs> Yes, I don't know. Very good
0: point.
1: The issue with DeAndre is his contract,
0: you know? Yeah. No, I know. No one wants that. Um, (laughs) Very much including me. All right. Final thing about the young guys. Uh, No extension for Jared Allen. Mm -hmm. Are you guys upset by this?
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes and no i i'm upset because i'm afraid that if jared allen it, it, you know steve nash was talking about it the other day like jared allen's gonna get paid a lot of money and i'm thinking to myself like so then why did you guys get him for a discount you know right but jared allen he might if he does go off and he does get say 16 million a year next year i imagine Joe josiah is just gonna suck it up and pay it right
2: but then there's the downside of Right? No. No, I. no, you I, don't I, think
0: so. I, com- no I completely <laughs>
2: agree. Yeah. I think it depends very much on how this team does. Like if if they're coming off of a championship or a finals appearance or a close conference finals, maybe you're doing that. And then you're really if you haven't already, I think you're definitely gonna see a Torian Prince dump. I think, depending on the how DeAndre plays out this year, if he hasn't been traded you might see some pressure on getting rid of that, but like you could see them making some roster moves to, to free up some, some money for, for Jared.
0: Yeah. Yeah. On, on (laughs) Windhurst podcast, he was saying that this is sort of Jared Allen betting on himself. And if he is a center now in the playoffs, we've seen even really good centers like a Rudy Gobert or something (laughs) like that get played off the court in certain series. But if Jared Allen, can meaning meaningfully contribute to a team. As you said, Simon, that gets to the finals or around there, this guy could move into, yeah, easily $20 million a year. I feel like, um, yeah. which that's a big price tag. It's, I'm just so curious as to, to know, like what the negotiations were like, was Jarrett's team
1: just like well, way
0: too high on it. I didn't hear anything. From about my it.
1: understanding, from my understanding, the issue with extending Jared Allen midseason is that if you extend him midseason, I think there's like a about like a three month period where you can't trade him mm-hmm. after extending him. And then also when you if you do try to trade him, there's like the the PPP rule or whatever it is where the opposing team it counts as his new salary, but for you it counts as his old salary. So it basically makes matching the salaries impossible. Right. So from my understanding, like if they wanted to include him in any sort of deal at all, they couldn't have
2: extended yeah and I also I'm sure that was a big part of it because I think they are still wanting to, to be flexible in terms of a potential roster mover too um, and Jared is a very attractive player to, to do that with okay. um, but he it, I, I also just think it it, you know the at least the like pundit class was just talking recently on I forget what podcast but, but about how like the worst sort of way to pay a center is in that Jared Allen range, right? Like, so if you have a go bear, you can talk, you can talk yourself into paying a lot of money for like a hugely impactful center. Um, and then of course there's like replacement, you know, like your $7 million, your $10 million center, um, for, for, you know, your Tices or, or whatever. Um, but when you're paying in that right in the like Drummond range is like, a tough a, a tough um, amount to, to, to pay your center. Though, I would say that because Jarrett, and we'll see, this could all be in my mind, but um, it's fitting for this overreaction podcast, I really think Jarrett can guard perimeter players. I really think he can switch onto them pretty effectively. I think we've seen that, and it's not like he's like a lockdown defender on guards and who you want to immediately latch them to, but he's not terrible at it. And and so I I don't I don't know that like, you know you can't play a switching defense with him.
0: No, I, I I agree, and I think we saw some of that in the bubble, and and I think it was real. So hopefully we see that this season. Um, we are we are creeping up on an hour here, so I just wanted to say, <clears throat> in my mm-hmm. top ten in the East predictions before the season, I had the Nets. I started out through the preseason. I started to get higher and higher on in them. Initially I came in thinking they'd be like fifth or sixth, maybe after the preseason, I, I moved them up to three. <clears throat> and now after these first two games, I feel like I ha- that's too low. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it, it might be because Milwaukee is, is, they're really struggling to score a little bit out there. Totally. And, um, and I don't know, I don't know who else in the, in the East is even respectable other than Philly right so, so
0: where where do you have them today december twenty sixth the day after our Lord Jesus Christ was brought into this glorious world
1: I'm gonna put them second, I'm just gonna give Milwaukee the respect they deserve as the regular season warriors, or should I say specialists that they are <laughs> right right, <laughs> and I'll put them that too, all
0: right, yeah, I think I think the uh you can't have a Mike Budenholzer team that that doesn't put together a spectacular regular season just to make the the playoff collapse that much more painful for whatever team he coaches. Simon, where where do you have him now after after a couple after a couple games?
2: Well, it's overreaction, Pod. You got. I, I, I'm I'm putting him number
0: one. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm it's hard, him number. It's hard to imagine another team goes undefeated as well. So yeah, right. I,
2: is there another seventy-two and zero team in the East? I'm not sure. Uh, no, I mean, and I, I think I do think that while I'm worried about, I, I don't know, I, I worry about many things and and for the Nets, but but I think that at least for the regular season, the depth will be important. Um, we'll see whether it's that impactful in the in the playoffs if this is how we keep it. If we don't get go for a James Harden or a whatever a Beal or whatever. Um, I think the depth is will we'll pay dividends as as people start to to get hurt or sick or whatever.
1: All I agree. Right. I agree. Those, those nights with Levert when Levert can go off for forty points like in the bubble, those are going to be key for us. And the yeah. eight turnovers. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right.
0: Well, James, thank you very much for coming on. We love having you on. Uh, what's the, the handle on Twitter? If you guys need a, a Nets troll, you got to follow James
1: at, <laughs> at King, King Kelly with a one in the eye,
0: <laughs> King Kelly with a one in the eye. Uh, he, yeah, I mean, he gets under your skin. He pokes, he <laughs> prods, he pours salt in the wounds um he's he's the gadfly of nets twitter and a wonderful presence in the block do you think um do you think the block's gonna get in- invited to the game are we like second in line behind uh, essential workers or where do you think the block <laughs> factors in here
1: i was offended that we weren't there in the first game i agree <laughs> what is not essential about being a block member and if we're not paying customers, doesn't can't they just invite us as guests? Right. We'll and, risk and our lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd I'd, risk happily, my life I'd and
0: Oh god, it would be amazing <laughs> in a basically empty arena. That would be the coolest thing. Uh, do you think there's any chance the block gets in before fans are in generally admitted to to this thing?
1: Fingers crossed. I think the block. May be the first fans invited, but we might have to pay for our tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I don't think they're going to be giving us food vouchers to show up on this one, unfortunately. <laughs> 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 All right, well, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for listening. In fucking rainbow circle. All right, rate review, like, love, uh, five star review, five star review. Thanks, and we will go ahead and. Uh, See ya, that's
1: a... I was tired of my
2: lady We'd been together too long Like a worn-out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns Was this letter I read? If you like Kenya, come on